0: Welcome to the Carpool Talk Show with Melissa Plaskoff. Mothers, fathers, nannies, babysitters, and anyone
1: else stuck in the carpool line, this is where you want to wait. And now, here's your host, Melissa Plaskoff. Welcome to the Carpool Talk Show. I am your host, Melissa Plaskoff. And today is very different. And I feel like we should be having different music because this is serious, this is real. And when I was approached with this guest, I freaked out because... This is what needs to be talked about more so than that silly show, 13 Reasons Why. Now, if you're living under a rock and you don't know what 13 Reasons Why is, it's a show where a young woman named Hannah takes her own life, and two weeks after her death, a classmate finds a box on his porch with recordings made by Hannah in which she explains the 13 Reasons why she chose to commit suicide. So when I heard that Lauren Braswell had written the book, Alive... I had to find her. So uh, we all know that being crazy busy, we have no time to find, to read. I certainly don't. But I was out of town. I was on a two-hour flight and I read Alive and I couldn't stop. I was literally, I mean, don't talk to me. I don't want anything to eat, no drinks. I was captivated by the courage and honesty of Lauren. So I raced found her and Lauren is here today. Welcome to Carpel Talk Show.
0: Hi, hi. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you
1: for being here. I know this is I it's almost I don't want to say uncomfortable, but I I'm wanting to be careful with what we talked about, but you you're saying it's all good, right? Yeah, everything's good. I'm all good. Okay. So, you wrote a book. Mhm. After you had some pretty rough moments. Mm -hmm. Okay. How old are you now? I'm 16 years old. You're 16. You don't
0: live in Dallas. No, ma'am. I live in Texarkana.
1: So Lauren drove in for this interview and uh, she is, like I said, super (laughs) courageous and ready to share what went down. Now we don't want to give away too much because obviously you need to go buy the book on Amazon. Um, and it arrives quickly and all of that good stuff. But I think it's important to talk about how she got to that low place and how it sounded like no one around her really knew, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, your book is about, it says, this is what from your book, from the mind of a girl that never thought would make it. And you say you had no way of knowing it then, but the first room in the hall that you walked past at school was the very room in which you would contemplate killing yourself before you made it to high school. Mm -hmm. Okay, so give us kind of an overview of the book, if you can, and then we'll kind of dive into some other stuff.
0: The book starts out when me and my parents together made the decision to transfer schools from Pacific Grove Elementary School to Red Lake Middle School, just because Pacific Grove, I had been bullied for simple kind of reasons. You know, I had glasses, I had freckles. I really just didn't have a lot of friends because I was kind of chubby, the outside kid. And our mindset was, okay, Red Lake, this new school is smaller and there's gonna be a lot less room for bullying and stuff like that. And therefore, for a while it really, really was, you know, I started having friends, I went to parties, I went to sleepovers, I made good grades, it was, it was a dream. And then seventh grade hit, and I don't know why, to stay I still don't know why, but we got a lot of new administration and they really changed it. And a lot of people didn't like it. And at that age, that's when a lot of girls turned violent. A lot of girls got really immature, really mean. And then I started going through some really, really rough times because I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to at that time. I started cutting myself. I started having eating disorder. I was really suicidal for a while. And then I found a passion. I found some purposes. And back then, it wasn't writing just yet. It was BMX. It was listening to different kinds of crazy metal music and certain things like that. And then I pulled through it.
1: And I have to say, I know this is, you can't see her, but I hope you'll look at the pictures. I mean, you're beautiful. And I I think it's just kids today, it's got to be really hard. I interviewed these other girls, and they were saying that social media makes it really hard because you're constantly, if there's a bullying situation, no one will let it go with the texting or however it goes. And it can get really mean, but for you, so you were bullied and people were not being kind and it got you to the core. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And how did your parents, did you talk to them? Were you hiding this? Were you thinking I just didn't have anywhere to go? What, What kind of led you to that path where you're in the shower with a razor thinking this may be my only option?
0: There for a while, my mother lived at that school. She came up there almost every other day because teachers were calling me this, that, and the other. And the principal to my mother would always say, Yes, ma'am, we're going to take care of it. I understand this is a problem. But then the next day it would happen again. And when I would bring it up to the teacher, please don't say this, or when I would bring it up to the principal, they would look down on me. And really, what are you going to do? Because it's a 75 year old woman with a bachelor's degree in English versus this 13 year old kid. Who's going to win? the lady, obviously. So that just kept going and snowballed into a spiral of just everyday torment. And, you know, I was telling my parents and they were doing the best they could just because these adults at school didn't care. I thought, you know, because anything, you know, when something goes wrong, you look to the authorities and when they can't fix it or when they don't care to fix it, you feel like you can't do anything. And so that's why I took it upon myself as I thought, this is my problem. They're not messed up in the head. I am. and because of this, I deserve this pain. I deserve. It. Wow. And
1: when okay, and while you were going through that, were you journaling? this is when you were journaling at night mm-hmm. And so you have an old computer, and you say this in your book, and at night what at midnight to three in the morning between the crying, you were journaling and writing these feelings out and that kind of helped you with your outline for the book. And it started, it came from a place of hate. And after you pulled through this, there was a different ter- purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. When I started journaling, it really wasn't an organized journal like October 1st, 2014. Today I went to English class. It was more profanity, profanity, name calling, all this words of r- rage, words of hate, words of anger that I would just write and get it out of my head into the computer, into the paper. And for whatever reason, I didn't delete them, I saved them. Don't know why I had that urge to, but I saved them. And about in the middle of eighth grade, these parag- these chunks of words, these little stories I was writing, I kind of looked at it and I thought, this is a story. This is not just graffiti on a Microsoft Word document. This is a real story. And I said, if, you know, if I took out some of the profanity, changed the names and I gave it a plot, a conflict, an ending, a setting. I put some of that storyline book elements in there. I can make this happen. And so I did.
1: And it's more than just making that happen. Yeah. You, you're here and you're smiling. And did you think, I mean, obviously I'm asking, that was a stupid question. Did you think? Sitting here now, looking back at that moment, if you could tell yourself something when you were at your lowest low, what would you say?
0: I would say two words, and those two words are "hold on," because there for a while in seventh grade, I didn't know if I was going to be there the next day. I never, never really got to a point where I had a plan to kill myself, but I knew that I just didn't want to be around anymore. And when I was writing the book, there towards the end of when I finally had that like printed out manuscripts. I thought, wow, I made it, and that's when I started daydreaming about stuff like this, stuff like book signings radio interviews, and I wanted it, and I wanted it so badly, and the first person I ever talked to about publishing my book was the English professor at AM. and I looked at him, and I said, I want this more than anything I've ever wanted in my entire life, please help me make it happen, and he did, and I'm here, and I wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, you're going to do interviews like this, you're going to have your own book signings. Where these other kids don't even have jobs yet, you're, you're going to do this. So hold on for this. And I think that's important.
1: So for parents listening, I, I th- and we were kind of talking about this before we got started about, you know, how do parents find out if their kid is struggling? But if you're if you if for some reason a kid can listen to this, not this part, but listen to you about this message, hold on. This is just a moment. I mean, if you look at the big. We always talk about in our house. If you have this big wall and there's this one little speck on there that's the bad moment, or even if there's 10, you have the rest of the wall that's clear. And it's just, if you can hold on to get to the next day, you can be here. And look, you're sharing your message. You have a smile on your face and clearly um, you've pulled through it. So what do you, do you think your parents had a clue?
0: There at the beginning, I think they knew it was bad, but I didn't think they knew it was that bad. They knew that some things were going on. And like I said, they were doing the best they could to fight it. They really were.
1: Yeah, no, this is not about playing the blame yeah. game. This is more, I, I want to have tools. So as a parent, I'm a parent, mm-hmm. what do I need to know? Because I feel like kids today, it's a totally different world. What are the, not, I don't want to say what are the signs, but what's something that I can ask? What's something that I can do to maybe have my kids open up in a different way so they feel safe to share this information
0: something i hear from girls at school a lot is they will go to their parents and they will say hey i'm having these issues and the parents will just shrug them off and they'll say no you don't need a counselor no you're not doing this no it's not that big a deal you're just doing it for attention if your kid ever comes to you don't ever say that stop what you're doing and listen to your kid um a lot of times listen to you You know, just what your kid normally talks about, you know, if that's football, if that's basketball, if that's the sports team, if that's computer club, whatever they're talking about. And keep up with those daily activities and track them. And if you kind of have it in the mind who their friends are, what they do on a daily basis, I'm not saying be nosy, you know, your kid needs your space. But kind of have it in their mind what they're doing, who they're hanging out with. And it won't be hard to tell if that stuff takes a negative turn.
1: I think that's a really good point. We talk a lot about listening on the show. And I think, yeah, there are how many times have my kids come in and I'm like, oh, you know, get over it or Mm -hmm. whatever. But you're right. That could be the one day that changes everything. And it's our job. We brought these children into the world. We have to pay attention Mm -hmm. and listen and take action. We have to be the advocate. Because look, in your case, you're 13 at the time. And this horribly mean teacher who actually taught your mom, right? <laughs> yes, Which is ma'am. so bizarre. She was being so mean to you. And she had more clout because she had some extra letters after her name and she, or a PhD or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's just not fair. We have to listen to our kids. I think that's um, that's actually, you're so smart and you're so wise. And thank, I'm so glad you're here. Okay, so do you still journal?
0: Do no, I still journal? Um, at Texas High the School I at now. I'm in so many AP classes, pre AP. I so, bet you're so a g- genius. So many clubs and stuff, and j- like journaling, writing about my day. That doesn't really happen a lot, but I do write um, a lot of times at lunch. Instead of going to eat lunch, I'll go in the library and I'll write. I am working on another book, so I do write. I do write a lot.
1: Okay, so what in your mental state now? I, I was so. This is, I guess this is what kind of like terrifies me because mm-hmm. I want to make sure you are good, and I want to make sure that you're in control and that your mind is healthy and because a lot of this you know when you start talking about things and if you even if you put something out my children today wanted to put something out on YouTube the good the bad the ugly people will say things you're good you're mm-hmm. strong
0: I think what makes me laugh is I'm 16 and I published a book what have you done with your life you know you you I mean there's nothing wrong with not having published a book or being in regular classes but if that's who you are and you choose to hate on me, who already has a jump start on my career. I can't even pay any attention to you. <laughs> I can't. No, and
1: and I I look at you in the light in your eyes. You're dead serious. I mean, you're you're a hundred percent. You're good. Yeah. You're healthy. And I think again, it goes back to that moment with what you said about holding on, because there you did it, and you're mm-hmm. here, and you're ready to share your message and are, do you want to go out and speak? Do you, wh- what biggest dream? What's your biggest dream right now?
0: I want to take this as far as it can go. Ever since I was like my sister's age, she's eight years old. Ever since I was this big off the ground, I wanted to be famous. You know, I wanted to be Hannah Montana. Then I wanted to be Taylor Swift. And now I want to be Haley Williams. You know, I want to take this as far as it can go. Well, I think you're going to be Lauren
1: Broswell, And I think that, <laughs> um, you've got an incredible story. And I, I look at 13 reasons why, Mm -hmm. And I, again, I get sick to my stomach because I am not sure why that show is having so much success. I mean, I know why, but your story is the story. And okay, what do you think of the show? Have you watched it? You you read the book, right?
0: I read the book way back when, because I really didn't know truly what it was about. I didn't know the weight of what suicide was when I read it. I think I was, God, maybe eleven. I don't remember exactly when I read it, but... And then, lately, when people started... People that I have classes with started watching the show and telling me about it, I kind of... It kind of clicked in my head. Oh, I read that book way back when. I watched the trailer for it, and it just really didn't interest me. And then people kept talking about it, and talking about it, and it started to be, I guess, trending on different medias. And so I finally pulled up on YouTube, and they have, like, movie clips from this. I looked at it, and... I will say, you know, the acting's great. Um, the script is great. The actors are attractive. They Everything there is right. But the storyline itself makes me sick to my stomach because suicide is not something to be romanticized like they did. They played it up, and su- Hollywood lights are not a place for suicide. That is a serious topic in the real world that happens. It's not fiction, and it makes me upset that they use the topic of suicide to make a big drama love story. And you
1: said that the story, the book, is different.
0: Mm-hmm. The way, right? Isn't mm-hmm. there,
1: There, it's not consistent?
0: No, it's not consistent at all. I can't exactly remember what there was, but on some of the movie clips I watched, I don't remember reading about that stuff in the book. Yeah,
1: I just don't feel like this is something that you should glamorize and say, Mm-mm look what this person did and let's put it out there in this beautiful way. It's not beautiful. It's not beautiful. It's sick. It's sick and it's mm-hmm. sad. And they, someone like that needs help. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've come out with season two now, I, I just, I can't even wrap my head around it. And my concern is other children that will watch this and think, wow, should I do that? Mm-hmm. And the whole copycat thing, which is, it's just a major problem. Um, are you still into BMX?
0: I am still in BMX. I still have the same bike. It's got a bunch more scratches and a bunch more blood. And it's probably on its last leg, last wheel, I guess I should say. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I still do that. Um, I've gotten a lot better. A lot more and that balance. kind of
1: carried you through this time, mm-hmm. right? So, and what do you think about that? I mean, you would fall and you'd get scuffed up and you would hurt yourself but you still got back on that bike and would go again. And you're clearly still doing it. Mm-hmm. What about BMX? Is it BMXing? I don't even know the right terminology. <laughs> I'm saying it, it right. It stands
0: for bicycle motocross. Okay, so publicity. what about that drives you? What about it drives me? It's active and it, and it involves a lot of energy. And it's different. It's something nobody else has, you know? Everybody's a football player. Everybody plays tennis. Everybody runs. Nobody does BMX because they've never heard about it. And it's something that's solely mine, something I can do.
1: Um, when you think back to the girls that were mean, mm-hmm. when you think back to the teacher, when you think back to all of those moments, your old self with a healthy mind—what would you have said? Ignored it, walked away. I mean, that would be ignoring it. Or would you have come back with something? I mean, for someone sitting there going through this, and people—and people are mean. We've all mm-hmm. been there, you know, where people have said the horrible things, but some people have these triggers where that one mean statement mm-hmm. sets everything off. So even to have some words to give out to those horrible people when they're being nasty, I think is a great tool. What, is there anything that you would have said if you were in your state now and someone was being so mean to you, what would you say back?
0: Probably would have popped off something really sarcastic that would have gotten me in trouble, honestly. But that's better than the yeah, alternative, better, yeah. right? <laughs> um, it ca- it kind of came out. What's this funny you said that kind of came out that a lot of people thought that by publishing my book, I was being the bully towards these other girls that were so mean to me. And I don't really see it as me being a bully. I see it as me giving these kids a wake up call.
1: I uh, yeah, absolutely and who I mean really they're gonna this is what yeah. they're going to say now. We did a seminar on mean girls and boys and parents mm-hmm. because it's it's a problem. I We had someone else that came in and said, and the mother was hysterical. This little girl is being, it's horrible the way she's being treated and they actually just moved schools mm-hmm. and you are not alone. This isn't just solely your story, right? But you're the only one that's courageous enough and honest enough to tell it because the other side is the other side. Mm-hmm. But you're here and this is such good information for even those girls that are going through it, and boys, I don't want to say it's just, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: just girls, but for girls that are going through this or boys that are in that moment, they have to know that just hang on and you can get to the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some reviews, because your book is on Amazon, Mm -hmm. and uh, the reviews are incredible because I can sit here and tell you, I loved your book and it it was captivating and all of that great stuff, but, you know, I feel like, who cares? Let's. What about these other people that we don't know? Okay. Self-aware, brave, articulate, mature, honest, open, cool, smart, loving. I could go on and on. You will save lives with this book. For me to think that you, at your age, could have written such a heartfelt and open account of very horrible chapters in your life is just staggering to me. When you hear that, what do you think?
0: It just brings me back down to reality really fast because this book is honestly something that I just pulled out of my head. I pulled it out of my bedroom and to hear that it's actually good, it just shocks me. Like, wow.
1: Okay, let's listen to this one. This very well-written novel gives an insightful view on what life is like for too many teens. It amazes me that the author is so young and can produce such amazing work. It raises awareness for issues such as bullying and eating disorders, all while showing readers that no matter how bleak things may seem, bad situations can be overcome. I can't wait to read what else the author has to offer. So... I People are waiting for your next book, and you said you're writing. Mm -hmm. What's the second one about?
0: Um, I kind of wanted to take a break from Alive because, to me, the premises of Alive is just heavier than heaven, and I wanted to take a break from that triumphant darkness that it has and do something fun because it's been a very long time because I've written something fun, and so I spent some time reading what other girls my age like to read, and what I found was John Green. And I was like okay Mr. John Green okay Mr. Stephen King how can I write like you guys and so because that's, that's what's popular right now and so right now what I'm working on is a fiction novel kind of a love story stuff like that just like fun I think okay. a lot of people enjoy.
1: Okay so you're writing and you're also really into technology right? Encoding?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, very it, much so.
1: Okay so I mean you're super smart. How do you manage all this? So you're riding your bike, you're coding, you're writing a book, you have a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. right? We'll leave it at that. And
0: friends? Do I have friends? I don't know if I have friends or not. I don't know that I have a specific group of friends that I hang out with, but I have a lot of people that I say hi to in the hallways.
1: Do you have, do you feel like you have people you can go to now if you were to have a moment that felt not right to you? Mm -hmm, Okay, what about the girl in the book you refer to as your friend that went away and you were devastated
0: her I was really really devastated because she was kind of my lifeline there for a while but she moved away and when I came out of all that she was actually I think the second person my mother was the first she was the second person to buy my book and it's she's her name is in dedications we talk every now and then I text her on the way up here and just, just what I'm doing yeah we talk every now and then she's good I'm good
1: and she knows I mean she's obviously mm. read the book yeah
0: she knows who she is she knows and mm-hmm.
1: you changed all the names. I did. To protect the mean people mm-hmm. <laughs> and the others. But, uh, you, so, okay. That's, I think that's interesting that, um, you still talk to her that to me for, I don't know, for some reason, that was an interesting storyline for me, mm-hmm. that friendship, because I feel like it, it was like a sister to you.
0: She was very much so.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. So working on all of that and the boyfriend, do, is he a good listener?
0: Very much so. He is the, you said if I have any friends, he's my boyfriend and my best friend. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. We've been together since the beginning of school. He's a very good listener and he doesn't read at all, but he read my entire book.
1: Well, I mean, I would bet so. He's your boyfriend. And it's, I have to tell you, even like I said, busy parents, busy people, people that don't like to read, all you have to do is pick up the book and it's, So it's like you're drawn into your head. And I felt like I was inside your brain thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is what we need to be reading. It was almost this educational piece for a parent to say, like you said, you know, listen, pay attention, watch what's going on, because there are so many times that you shrug it off.
0: A lot of times, you know, you asked me, what are the, you know, kind of, not you didn't say what are the signs, but what are the things you need to look for? It's more of what your kid doesn't say than what your kid actually says out loud.
1: I like that because I think that those are also telling too.
0: When your kid suddenly just stops talking about that girlfriend or stops talking about that club, something probably made me a miss there. You know?
1: What's your relationship like with your parents now?
0: With my parents, I'll be honest. My parent. I mean, I'm not gonna, like, a better term, I'm not gonna BS you. Um, my parents are actually getting divorced right now, and. I'm not upset about it. I'm not torn. I think it's something that definitely did happen, and me and my dad are very, very close. He's my he's my dad first, but he's also kind of my friend. We have that relationship, and I'm very glad we do.
1: No, that's good. And I think that I mean you say it in a very confident way and very mature about it. And do you think the divorce is going to rock you at all? Are you 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 have everything you need in place? Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're, I'm so wanting to be a parent right now and take care of you make sure you're covered (laughs) and you're safe but you're good right Mm -hmm. okay so what if a high school called you and you want they wanted to have you I say a high school I don't know someone called you and they wanted to hear you speak is that Uh, a possibility
0: very much so I would love that I've actually done one um, school speaking I guess I'll call it and it was amazing it was just about everything I've ever wanted
1: or if someone is going through something and they wanted to connect with you oh yeah 100% Mm mm-hmm That's fabulous. And you're willing to tell your story. Most definitely. I mean, even like in the book, it's super raw, but it almost has to be to make a point. Well, I I have to tell you, you have made a huge impact on me and I can't wait to see everything else. I need the next book to be released, but I'm so glad that you have had this moment and you were able to hold on and get to this point because you are such a gift. And um, it's, I, it's, it's so touching to me. And I, I can't thank you enough for driving into Dallas and spending time sharing more of your life.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And um, for anyone listening, as much as you've already heard it, and as much as you haven't paid attention to it, let's just be the one time it sinks in when I say it gets better because it really does.
1: And you're living proof. Thank you. Right? Okay, um, so remember, go to Amazon.com and you can buy the book Alive by Lauren Braswell. And um, I encourage you to do it and I encourage you to listen to your kids. All right, thanks, Lauren.
0: You're welcome, thank you too.
1: Thanks, guys, see you next week.